0: What's going on Sunbelt fans? My name is Dominic Cresetto, the host of the Sunbelt Syndicate podcast, where we review the week that was and look forward to the week ahead in Sunbelt football, basketball, and baseball all year long. Please follow along on social platforms including YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We've also got the Patreon page up and running now if you'd like to thank me for my efforts and what I'm trying to do. I uh, appreciate it. I'm going to try and see some live games, uh, especially now that we've got baseball season up and running, a little bit easier travel than the winter months with the basketball that we had. Unfortunately, didn't get to any basketball games in person this year. Uh, maybe if the Cajun's going a little bit of run or Southern Miss ends up close to me, I might be able to take something like that in. But that's what we're here to. Ro- talk about today round ball roundup the postseason edition so we've got the Cajuns making it in they're going to play a game Thursday March 16th at 9:40 eastern time that game going to be televised on CBS they've got four seed Tennessee a 10 and a half point favorite currently as I record this and they're going up against the 13th seeded Ragin Cajuns of Louisiana as we know as Sunbelt fans, that they took the conference championship. Tennessee ended this season for them on a 23-10 overall record and ranked number 20 in the latest poll. The SEC had four teams in the top 25 this year, including number one overall Alabama, who they did beat back on February 15th, 68-59. to Tennessee had five victories over ranked opponents this year. We've already mentioned that Bama was one of them, but the others include Kansas, Maryland, Texas, and Auburn, all of which are big, powerful basketball programs, at least lately. Most of them are perennial powers, and they are all in the tournament field this year as well. So those are big wins for that program and that team this year. You've got to compare that to the Sunbelt as a whole, who went 0-8 for versus ranked team this year. That's not Louisiana. That's the entire Sunbelt Conference Did not have a ranked win. Now, they only had eight tries, which is probably about as many tries as Tennessee had by themselves. But regardless, 0-8 versus ranked teams this season, worth mentioning. Louisiana's only ranked master up this year came against Texas, and they lost that game 100-72. So, ultimately, not that close of a game. Going into that game, a lot of people thought they might have had an outside chance at an upset. They had a good record going in. Texas was also playing pretty well overall, but uh, yeah, too strong at home for the Cajuns in that one. They did have one other common opponent throughout this season. Both teams, both in Tennessee and the Cajuns, played McNeese. Raging Cajuns won their game 78-70, to but Tennessee took that game against McNeese 76-40. to And that'll help kind of see where that defense may be in the Vols' favor. The Cajuns finished their season 26-7 by winning the Sun Belt Championship in Pensacola over South Alabama, as we all know. But again, let's take a look at some of these players and what they offer defensively. As we know with the score we just talked about, they are a very strong defensive team. They're known for their defense. They don't put up a ton of points. This isn't a team that's put up 100 points all that much, so they don't necessarily beat you by outscoring you. But they shut your offense down, and they do very good job of that. As far as size-wise, they've got two guys that can be pretty potent down low, but they're not dominant in the paint, I would say. Uh, Jonas Adu has grabbed a few more minutes here towards the end of the season. He's actually from Durham, where I'm recording at currently. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. I I did, had not realized that. But he's 6'11". He's, he's roughly the same size as Jordan Brown, so that should be an interesting matchup. I would say Jordan Brown's... Got the the muscle mass over uh, Adu there, so that's to his favor. But he's not going to have any like size advantage in the height aspect, probably in the wingspan aspect as well. They also have a seven foot one. Uh, he, he's listed as a forward, but he's kind of more of a center. Uh, Plavsic. He's he's going to see some time, not as much probably. Definitely not really a score. He's really there for the defensive aspect more. So Jordan Brown should be able to play pretty well defensively. And I think because of how he can create some space, as we saw him do against against Kevin Samuel in that championship game, that was a really good matchup. And Jordan Brown definitely got the better of that overall, even with the way Samuel was playing down the stretch and the overall size advantage. So I don't think Jordan Brown's going to be intimidated or backing down from a lot of the challenges here on either side of the ball, really. Uh, but I think that he'll be able to create enough space to get some of the shots he likes. He's not necessarily, you know, going to have any deep stuff. But if he can create some separation, even down low, he should be able to get to the basket enough and maybe get some of those bigger guys in some foul trouble. From what I saw, they're they're not necessarily strong at the basket, so they they might not tend to foul that much. But maybe try to get him into foul trouble early and create a even more positive situation for Jordan Brown. Down low, where you know the Cajuns could really take advantage in that aspect. As far as the perimeter game goes, uh, they've lost one of their better players for the season in uh, Zakai Ziegler. Uh, he wasn't necessarily a top scorer, uh, well, he, he was a top scorer, I shouldn't say that, he wasn't the top scorer, but he was the guy who handled the rock most of the time, and he an absolute great distributor of the ball from what I saw. That's what they're really going to miss without him. As far as the scoring production goes, uh, they have a guy named Santiago Vescavi who has picked up his pace a little bit. Uh, he was their top scorer throughout the season anyway, but he has s- certainly stepped his game up on the scoring aspect with the loss of Ziegler. So they're not necessarily missing the scoring output. It's kind of a weird situation. They're They're really not... L- you know losing a ton of scoring aspect but they are losing the ball handling skills and the distribution that Ziegler could provide uh he was shifty you know uh, it's hard to describe what he brought since it's not uh, it's things you can necessarily pull a whole bunch of stats out of but if you watch the game he was obviously the most important player on the floor for Tennessee to run their offense Uh, consistently and he he actually was a contributor on the defensive efforts as well causing some turnovers and some steals so they are definitely going to miss him in this matchup as far as that goes but Viscavi, Ozzy he's the most dangerous player on their team as at this point because he's going to see the ball more often because of Ziegler's uh, absence so let's take a look at the Cajuns now we've already really brought Jordan Brown into the fray He's really the most obvious player on the team for the Cajuns. As far as that's concerned, that's really no shock there. He's, he's been that way all season. Uh, the next closest person as far as scoring output goes would be Greg Williams Jr., who is apparently a little bit banged up. We'll see if he's able to go. That would be a pretty big loss for this Cajuns team. Uh, the, in, in a good news, though, Themis Falks really stepped up in that championship game. I think he hit the most threes he hit all season. Uh, His ratio was not the greatest still. I think he was about 50% from three, which overall is good, but not known for a three-point game throughout much of the season. So if he can stay hot and he can pick up that aspect, if Greg Williams Jr. is out, that will be huge for the Cajun. Terrence Lewis is going to have to show up, Garnett, Dalcourt, and you're even going to have to see guys like Joe Charles and Kobe Julian really come off the bench and give this team very quality minutes. Don't necessarily have to put up all the points, But you have to be solid defensively and not cause any turnovers Uh, because Tennessee will take it the other way. They're not a real quick uh, get-down-the-floor type of team. They will possess it. But if they can control the ball and control the clock, that's not going to be a good thing. Uh, The Cajuns, it'll be interesting to see what they try and pull off here. Do they try and kind of match that game, or do they go directly against it? Uh, If I watched enough of the Tennessee-Alabama game to get – What Alabama was trying to do, they were trying to kind of go directly against it, and it didn't work for them necessarily, Um, because if the shots aren't falling, that's where you're going to get behind, and a good defensive team is going to push that even further. Uh, Just kind of, you know, you'll you'll feel like you might be chipping away, and one or two turnovers can drastically change this game. So to simplify it even further for me and what I think. I would love to see the Cajuns win. I really would. I would not put any money on it, however, with what we've looked at as far as common opponents, the defensive uh, rankings, and the scores that they've had against a good quality SEC conference all season long. Their defense just scares me. I think they're really strong defensively, and if the Cajuns get down early, I don't see them making up that gap. Now, if they can keep it close throughout the first half, they've got a shot. They definitely have a shot, especially if Jordan Brown can be really dominant down low. But even even so, that won't be enough by itself. They still have to have the outside perimeter scoring. don't necessarily have to have all the threes, but when you've taken those two-point shots just inside the arc, you've got to have them drop. If you're not having that drop with Jordan Brown having a good game, the Cajuns won't win this one. I would love to be wrong. But I am going to go out with my score prediction here and say the volunteers take this first round matchup, hopefully closer than other people suspect. And again, I'd love to be wrong, but I'm going to favor the volunteers if money is on the line. UT 73, Cajuns 66. I would still think that that would give us a pretty respectable look as a Sunbelt school and a conference that's hopefully kind of turned some things around. And we can kind of see how things move forward after this season and what was thought of i mean i know the cajuns were kind of that number number one or number two team going into the season so to end up there at the end as well is pretty good for them have this tournament i know they want some retribution for a game i think it was 2002 or 2000 uh and it was weirdly enough like the same exact seed numbers so it'll be it'll be fun to watch this one no matter really what happens but obviously we'd love to see the cajuns come out with the victory for the belt overall. We also have another team in the postseason. Southern Miss won the regular conference championship, which gets them the automatic bid to the NIT because of that. Unfortunately, they are not hosting a first-round game, but they do play against UAB. This is tonight on Tuesday, March 14th on ESPNU. That game is at 7.30 Eastern time. UAB is a a 9.5-point favorite, most likely because... They're pretty strong in the Conference USA overall, but they're also playing this one at home. They get to host this one. The Golden Eagles come in with a 25-7 overall record, and they're going to go up against those Blazers, as we mentioned, who have a 25-9 overall record. The Blazers are 15-2 at home this season with wins over South Alabama and FAU, who is a tournament team. Uh, They did make it to the Conference USA final before losing to that same FAU team 78-56, so not necessarily the closest matchup in the end there. It'll be interesting to see if they can you know, turn that gap around that they had in that game and play better at home in this first round of the NIT, hopefully for Southern Miss' sakes. And anybody who's kind of rooting for them as a Sunbelt team, that's not the case, but we'll have to see how that is handled tonight. On the Southern Miss' side of things, their best wins of the season came over Vanderbilt and Louisiana. Vanderbilt, for those that don't know, ended their season with 20 wins in the SEC conference. Didn't have the greatest start to the year, but finished pretty strong. Ended up making it to the NIT as well. Obviously, Louisiana being in the conference, we just talked about them in the NCAA tournament. So pretty, pretty big quality wins there as far as Southern Miss is concerned, but they did bow out in the Sun Belt quarterfinal to South Alabama. 78-61. to 61. If we take a look at some of the players, we know who they are for Southern Miss. we got Austin Crowley, Felipe Hase, DeAndre Pinckney. I think those three obviously need to have big games, and they're usually the ones who do that, right? 16, 15, 12, over 16, uh, over 15, and over 12, actually. When you look at the top three scores in Crowley, Hase, and Pinckney, one of them may be down if... If that is the case, if they are able to shut down one of the power forwards there in Hase or Pinckney, they are going to need someone to step up. I'm going to tell you to keep an eye on Alvarez. I think we saw him play a few times this year, didn't get to play as much. I think he had some injuries that were nagging him, but when he was healthy and playing well, he was a difference maker on this team. He might be kind of the unsung hero, the guy to keep the eye on in this game, Um, We'll see how that goes for him, but I liked his game when I saw him play, and I think he could be a difference maker in this one. We'll have to see how that goes. As far as UAB is concerned, Jordan Walker is the obvious player that you need to keep your eye on. He's scoring over 23.4 points per game, Uh, so he is the guy to handle the ball the most amount of times. And he can score the ball when he does it. He's a good three-point shooter. He will take a lot of three-point shots. So he's obviously getting open quite a bit in that aspect. As far as another player to keep an eye on for them, uh, you've got Eric Gaines, who's another guard that's going to be shooting the ball quite a bit. He might even have a better overall Rounded game, probably a little bit better defensively than Jordan Walker. Uh, really more of the two-way player. But because of that, his offense isn't going to be at the level of Jordan Walker. And then down low, you've got two guys with a little bit of size there in uh, Buffen and Jamison. Uh, Jamison's listed as the center there, but he's not one of the bigger centers that Southern Miss is going to see this year. So it'll be interesting uh, if they can really get Pinkney and Hase to... Kind of go at him at the same time. See how, see if one of those guys can kind of take care of him by themselves. And then if they need to double, if he's actually having a lot of success, it should be interesting to see. It's not necessarily a huge point score. Uh, Jameson's not. Um, but if yeah, it's just going to be a good matchup, honestly, because I think you got Buffett and James- Jameson who match up well size-wise with Pinkney and Hase. Hase is going to be able to create that outside shot a little bit more than either of those two for UAB, though. So it'll be interesting to see. If Hase is, if Hase is hot, I have a good feeling about this one. And he's had a couple games where he was really hot shooting from a little bit further out. Uh, I don't know if those players are going to be willing to go out there to guard him in that respect or if they try and keep those guys down low to play for that rebound game. will be interesting to see kind of how that one plays out. I'm going to throw out a score prediction in this one i'm gonna favor southern miss i think they had a great season overall i think they had a bad matchup when they played south alabama and they played them unfortunately twice within 16 days uh both within the tournament and just before that um i just again i don't think that matchup was great i i don't think this matchup is is a bad one i think this is a good one i think they'd rather see a guard that they're gonna to have to stop than a guy down low like samuel can create. I know that uh, South Alabama also had Isaiah Moore, who was pretty hot at that point of the season. So it'll be interesting to see how big of a game Jordan Walker can have. But if they can keep him down a little bit, I have a good feeling for Southern Miss in this one, especially because they're going to be on the road, but it's not too terribly far from home. And I just think they're going to come out on fire. They're going to be really upset, disappointed with how that regular season ended for them. That that conference tournament did not go the way they expected, even after winning that regular season. I think they're going to come out on fire. I do think it's going to be a close game, however, because UAB is a solid team overall. Um, but I think the, the Sun Belt really came into its own this year, and we'll hopefully keep that going. But I'm going to favor the Golden Eagles in this one. 71, Blazers 69. That'll do it for... Hopefully, what is the first of a few editions of postseason basketball coverage, but we will have to see. Certainly, we will check out the game tonight on Tuesday, and then hope for the best come Thursday, and see if either team or both teams hopefully can go marching on. I hope they do. It'd be more fun that way, and better for all of us to be able to follow some teams that uh, we know a little bit more about than some of the other teams that are in the tournament. So, best of luck to both teams both fan bases i hope you guys come out with a victory i know i'll be rooting for you don't forget to check out the bracket that i've got going five dollars per entry you can enter as many times as you want i think up to like 25 times which is crazy but if you want to spend that kind of money you can Uh, and i've got all that kind of information up on the socials it's on espn platform because most of us are probably espn plus subscribers and have an account already So if you would like to do that, go ahead and get in. You've got till Thursday. I think the first game tips off at 12.15. So you've probably got right till about noon time before they close those entries to get in there. And we'll see how big of a group we can get, how much money we can be given to the winners. Uh, And hopefully everyone just has a good time, enjoys March Madness. Hopefully we can get back on here with another reason to record another podcast for basketball. See you guys next time.